0: We are the Coin Boys, your average everyday crypto bros. That's right. It's Andy, aka producer. By the way, or producer Btw on Twitter, and sitting across from me is my cohort, Daniel Gutierrez.
1: What's up, everybody? Because you
0: are my cohort. I believe in the dictionary, it means like partner or person that you work with. Your I'm cohort, your business you. partner. <laughs> it just sounds. It's like a superhero thing. It's my cohort, my partner in crime. Yeah. yeah. I like it.
1: I'm used to being called accomplice, so that's, that's oh, much better. That's co- nicer. Cohort sounds a little like, yeah, it's good guy know right? Accomplice means I, I'm going to jail. Right.
0: Well, um, hey, everyone. Welcome to our, our special in-depth interview. And we'll get to it, and obviously it's tax season, so we have some exciting things to share to
1: you. But before we get into that, Daniel, what do we want to tell them? We want to tell them... Thank you all so much for joining us, as always. And if you're new here, uh, take a listen back. Uh, Listen to um, the other episodes. We don't really say one specific coin's going to rule them all. We say that everybody has a chance. So uh, uh, take a listen back and hear all the different different innovations that are happening in the space and um, learn with us. Yeah,
0: from gaming-centric episodes to regular-centric episodes with wallets, exchanges. Uh, it's at coinboyscom It's a hub. I like to send you there because it has all your options available. You have SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. Uh, we, we love... To share our blogs that yes. Daniel's been working hard on.
1: Yeah, I'm blogging it up, guys. If you guys have anything you want me to write about, uh let me know. Hit us up thecoinboys, uh, at thecoinboys.com for um for email, contact us directly through the website, or give us a phone call. This is the one I've been trying to push for the longest time. And and I want more and more of them. We uh uh, on yesterday's episode, you heard a couple of the voicemails that we left. They're, they don't have to be about they? anything. They're fun. Yes, they did. Cool. And uh, The the uh, phone number for us is 424-372-7437. Again, 424-372-7437. Say what's up. Yeah, say what's up. Uh, we did that
0: contest. Uh, it was fun, but let's keep it going with the voicemails. We love it. Uh, but let's move into uh, the heart of this episode. Uh, we have Zach McClure, uh, CEO of TokenTax.com. Co or where it's, uh, that's where you can find them, uh, and we are excited because it is tax season. This is the crazy part of the year in Don't America. Don't act like you're that excited. I'm not. A, no, it's more <laughs> like I feel like everyone panics during yeah. Uh, no, tax this is season. The, it,
1: this was a great informative um, kind of piece that we did because we don't know every a lot of people are lost and luckily zach is real and and the people over at token tax are really uh, informative with um and and willing to offer up a lot of information for for people out there so um yeah and uh
0: why don't we just get right into it and i'm gonna have zach uh explain to you exactly what is token tax
2: yeah so the company is token tax it was me my co-founder alex met up uh, about a year and a half ago and a platform Alex was building a platform to connect to Coinbase and do FIFO accounting method, and we connected, and I was like, Alex, you know, if you do other accounting methods and let people actually track their their tax lots in real time, the tax changes will be dramatic. Essentially, the difference between FIFO and specific shares accounting, which is how most Savvy stock investors and hedge funds and private wealth managers invest is is insane when Bitcoin went from a thousand to nineteen thousand, and so and beyond that, you know, Coinbase. That's pretty easy to do your taxes, but there are hundreds of other exchanges. So let's just build a platform that connects to all of them and teach people about specific shares accounting and about what methods are out there, because you know. Basically, when crypto peaked at the end of 2017, a lot of people sold Bitcoin into altcoins, had massive taxable events, and then the prices dropped. And there were quite a few people who owed more in taxes than their crypto stack was worth using the traditional accounting method of FIFO. And so basically, we wanted to show people what was possible and and just get the word out. And so we launched as quickly as possible with all of those exchanges again in February. And then over the past year, we've had... 5,000 users. we were the engine under the hood for a lot of the big crypto tax accountants who come and do their clients' work with us.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. So, so yeah. hold on. You're like, if I'm an accountant, I could just say, yeah, sure. I could do your crypto taxes and they just go to you?
2: Yep. Or <laughs> nice. customers can find us directly. You know, at the end of the day, we want to help people file their taxes. So certain accountants are amazing at marketing. They got a lot of customers and we want their customers to have a good experience too. So no, it's definitely... you know, we basically have, we yeah. have special tools for accountants to, to basically that we've taken away from regular users so that they don't mess up their own data. Like the ability to edit transactions, things like that. Basically, all we want to do is make it 100% right for taxes. You know, we didn't want to reinvent the wheel as far as a tracking tool. We just want to make your taxes exactly right because that's what's
0: critical
1: for last year. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a good tool to add on to somebody's uh, belt right there.
0: Yeah, and we're going to go, we want to go a lot more in depth about the topic of tax and crypto. But right before we jump back into that, let's learn a little bit about your background, Zach. So obviously, you're an accountant. But uh, what did you do before you guys got into crypto? Were you just a CPA or did you work for an accounting firm? What did you do before all this?
2: Yeah, I've had a pretty eclectic background. So yeah, degree in accounting, degree in international finance, uh, later got an MBA. But you know, right out of school, I was an investment banker doing M&A transactions, primarily in the sporting goods sector and also healthcare. And did that for a couple of years. And while I was doing that, I started teaching personal finance as part of a volunteer program where financial professionals go and teach financial literacy to inner city high school kids via Operation Hope and I just absolutely loved it it was it was amazing getting in front of the students and the information was changing people's lives you know we should all know a lot more about personal finance but even financial professionals a lot of times don't so you're teaching about checking accounts compounding interest and how fast that grows responsible credit card usage And I kind of fell in love with teaching and decided, hey, if I'm ever going to take a break from the corporate world, let me do it now. So I went and actually did Teach for America for a few years, teaching math um, here in New York City. And so I still had the summers off, so I kept working with connections I had made at J.P. Morgan doing investment banking and went and worked for a nonprofit over in Africa, a bicycle donation nonprofit Awesome. Through the founders I had met at J.P. Morgan, and then you know we were helping turning that into a social enterprise. I was working in Zimbabwe and Zambia, and that's kind of where I started to see the value of something like Bitcoin. Where you know in Zimbabwe everybody walks around with crumpled old U.S. dollar bills, and you know it's harder for people in the U.S. I think with a stable dollar to see the value. Um, and then that that pivoted me into impact investing. After that, and so some of the deals that came across. Our our desk were, you know, Ripple early crypto investments that were more centralized, and I basically just started learning more and more about it, fell in love with the space, and was trying to find a way to be useful and get involved. Um, when I met my my co-founder, who was a software engineer building this platform, and taxes became such a critical issue in 2017, and you know I was helping people who had made quite a bit of money in crypto, harvest their losses, and do a lot of this really advanced tax strategy that people with private wealth managers do. And when I met Alex, it was like, wow, this is an opportunity to democratize access to this knowledge. You know, for 20 bucks, we can teach people about this accounting method. And now we have a tax loss harvesting dashboard that does almost all the work for you of showing you exactly how much of each crypto you can sell, like whatever you're holding at a loss, in order to block taxes. And then we also teach you, oh, you can offset $3,000 ordinary income. So I'd say, you know, my background is very personal finance, education oriented, as well as the accounting and finance. And that is sort of how, that's the foundation of token tax basically is we don't wanna just tell you, oh, here's the answer. We wanna explain to you, look, the IRS hasn't said anything. Here's all the context, here's the other rules and you can make your own decision. And we love teaching people about these issues in the crypto community. That's kind of what makes us different.
1: That's really cool. First off, congrats to you on on the whole education of high schoolers because I, I can't tell you how much I wish I had that in high school. I can't tell you how much I wish I knew about money in general prior to crypto kind of forcing me into learning about it. Um, and my mind just keeps on getting blown every single day the more I learn about this. So thank you for that. And I completely agree. More uh, and course. more education is absolutely necessary. We're huge on yeah. that here.
2: Yeah, when you see teachers coming and sitting in the classroom and just making math about money and stock market game and entrepreneurship for seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth graders, it totally changes their life. Just being, being knowledgeable about that, and you see the same thing with tax returns. Like if you know how to do your own tax return, that will pay for itself thousands of dollars every year just to understand how it works. The code is so Byzantine, so complex. There are all these little things that. You know, even if you hire an accountant, they're probably not going to do it for you because it's just so much work. But if you understand for yourself, it's like the whole "give a man a fish, teach a man a fish." So that's what we're kind of trying to go for awesome. with crypto, especially.
1: So that's so awesome. So thank you. So if I if I go to tokentax.co Co, um, you said there's a, about teaching, but you can also do use your platform to to run your taxes, correct? Or what? Like how yeah, is that exactly. how's that working?
2: I mean, so the way it works is you sign up and then. We have an import tab. So you can either import all your data via API. So you make an API key, which is just like a bunch of numbers and letters for those less technical. And the data imports automatically. Or we have step-by-step instructions for every exchange on, hey, click this link, download this file, upload it here. To basically take any guesswork out of it. And then there's no like, do this drop down? Is this in Ethereum? Like we basically took away everything that could mess you up and tried to automate it. And then my team in the background um, are checking all the uploads and making sure that everything looks good, making sure missing cost basis isn't an issue, making sure that all the data was formatted correctly. You know, So you have real accountants in the background looking at all the work and making sure it's right. And we're on intercom. So on our website, on the bottom right of the screen, you can always chat to us about whatever crypto tax question you have or, hey, did I upload this right? Hey, for this... Bitcoin Cash Fork, how do I enter it? And we're basically always there um, giving everyone all the answers and fixing their data so that they can actually report it correctly to the IRS and not be stressed. Even if you know, they want us to file for them or they want to file with TurboTax, who we're, we're an affiliate partner with, and, or you know, if they want to use the CPA they already have. And like I said, we have a lot of CPAs on our platform as well.
1: That's awesome.
0: What, I just had a quick question just about the the industry of accounting crypto. Do you think it's still very small uh, and very niche right now? Yeah, I think it's
2: surprisingly still really niche, partially because there isn't a one source of truth, for one. So the IRS still hasn't said anything beyond what they said in 2014 when they said, hey, it's not a currency like euros, a.k.a. you need to report all sales of crypto, even if it was only for a penny and you lost money on that sale, whatever it is. It's property. And, you know, then the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, has said, oh, yeah, a lot of these cryptocurrencies are like securities. And and so basically, but the IRS hasn't specified or clarified. So we're just using our best judgment. We're kind of like, look, everyone's saying these are probably securities. So let's take a look at securities accounting rules and apply those. And that's where a lot of these myths that, you know, I think we're going to hit later today. But a lot of people on crypto Twitter are like, wash sale rules don't apply in crypto. You can sell all your Ethereum at a big loss and buy it back five seconds later. And you know to us, that doesn't really pass the smell test. It's kind of like, wait, we'd rather educate people about the IRS hasn't said if wash sale rules apply or not, but common sense would dictate that if you sell something for a loss and buy it back immediately, that falls under the blanket threshold of you're just doing something to just reduce your taxes. Whereas you could wait 30 days and hold another crypto in that time and then buy it back and be totally compliant even if wash sale rules do apply. And so that's kind of like the mantra that we try to teach people is, you know, these are the actual facts in the situation. There isn't necessarily a yes or no either way, which is why it's still so new. Like a lot of CPAs are just scared away from that because there is no answer. And accountants like clear black and white situations, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I think the lesson we got out of that is uh, if you're listening to crypto Twitter for tax advice, (laughs) don't. What are you doing? Uh, there's a exactly. no reason why at we're doing this. At least
2: double check with uh, us at tokentax.co. Or, yeah. Or, you know, don't take it as gospel. But, you know, if you're going to take it as gospel, at least screenshot it so you can blame that guy later.
1: What should we be doing now to prepare for the tax season? Now, I know you talked about APIs. Is that basically all we need to do? Or is there a little bit more outside of that um, that we should kind of be looking at or, or, or gathering? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Great question. I think... There are two major things. One is get all of your data, at least through the end of 2018, ASAP. You know, just in the last few days, we've seen Liqui go down. We've seen Quadriga go down. And, you know, all of our customers who we had API keys for those exchanges, we were able to pull their data via those API keys that they had left in their accounts. You know, so they didn't have anything to worry about. But just get all your data from all your exchanges, even though you might not file your taxes till April, or even you might go on extension, Because you know you have a loss, whatever, you have more time to figure it out. Either way, get your data for 2018 as soon as you can. Because trust me, when you're missing data for one exchange, it makes your taxes exponentially, exponentially harder. Because you have to make synthetic trades to fill in the missing gaps. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of errors. So collect your data. And the second thing is, understand that if you're holding crypto at a loss, you can sell it now, like we talked about. Harvest those losses. Be strategic. Sell, at, sell, you know, if you help, bought some altcoin and you put $10,000 in it, now it's worth 500 Well, if you just hold it forever, that never turns into anything good for you. You have to actually sell it to realize that loss. And you know what? If you really want to hold it, like I said, worst case scenario, wait 30 days and buy it back, even if watch sale rules do apply. But I, I, just so many people I know lost a little bit of money in crypto and they think, oh, it's just down the tubes. No, if you harvest your losses... You'll get a, you could get half of that back from the IRS, depending on what your tax rate is, and you can even offset ordinary income. So that's absolutely the two top priorities I would say right now, because if the market ba- bounces back, you know it's too late to harvest those losses, which can be an asset for you in many ways. And we could talk about that more later.
0: Yeah, I I actually uh, actually a part of the show I want to talk. I- I'm excited about is the myths that you mentioned. Let's talk about what are the main myths that most people in crypto, whether they're on Reddit, Twitter, uh, Facebook, you all of see. the major accounts, let's just prices. say everywhere. What are the major myths in in the accounting side of crypto?
2: Yeah. All right. Well, starting from the top, number one is if you never cashed out to dollars, you don't owe taxes, and that's just totally false. If you've ever sold crypto for anything, for for coffee, to pay someone to buy dollars, or to buy other crypto, all of those sales are taxable events um, and need to be reported in U.S. dollar terms to the IRS. Number two is, oh, I didn't trade on U.S. exchanges. I I don't need to report that. That's definitely wrong. And in fact, if you trade it on foreign exchanges, there's a chance that you might need to f- report an F bar, which is one of these It's with Financial Crimes and Enforcement Network. It's kind of an offshoot from the IRS. But basically, it's for people who had more than $10,000 in a foreign exchange. And it was made for the Swiss bank account stuff back 20 years ago when people were hiding money there. But now crypto investors might be getting caught up in that. And we're kind of just saying better safe than sorry. We don't know if that's going to apply. But yes, you definitely need to be reporting your foreign exchange transactions Number three is wash sale rules don't apply, as we talked about earlier. Yeah, what is uh, what
1: is a wash sale rule?
2: Sorry, yeah, a wash sale is if you sell something, so let's say going back to before there was crypto, so let's say I had Tesla shares and I bought some in 2018, and then if the price declined during the year, what happens is everyone with a private wealth manager or hedge funds, they look at all the stocks they own and they look at the ones they're down on and they have quote-unquote, unrealized losses, like they paid more for it than it's worth today, and they sell those close to the end of the year to harvest those losses. And then usually um, you'll see stocks that went down during the year continue to go down at the last month of the year and then bounce back in January, and that's because people wait 30 days before buying it back. Because if you sell your Tesla shares at a $5,000 loss and buy it back the next day, the IRS says, hey, that's a wash sale, as in that sale didn't happen, and they disallow your loss. And it doesn't go the other way, by the way. If you sell at a really big gain and buy it back immediately, you still owe taxes on it. In other words, it's the worst of both worlds. A lot of people, you know, when crypto was spiking, they were like, ah, I don't know why it's worth so much. They sold their crypto and then realized, oh, my God, my taxes are going to be huge. Tried to buy it back a few days later and then reached out about it. And it's like, no, that's not how wash sale works wash sales work. They only disallow losses on stocks, bonds, and probably crypto. But the IRS hasn't clarified, which is why people sometimes say that wash sale rules don't apply.
1: Interesting. Um,
2: um, But we'll see. I mean, we're waiting for the IRS to let us know. And, you know, the more clarity, the better for this this industry. You know, yeah, yeah, it's busy, but, you know, we don't want to be busy, you know, guessing what the rules will be. We want to be busy helping people file in an inexpensive way.
0: Now I have a question because the IRS has not officially put rules down on paper, um, and you're saying that just common sense law applies, where it's like we have to still treat it some way or somehow in some fashion and tax and make it taxable. But like, what what happens to the person that hasn't done anything and crypto and can the IRS like really? they'll have to pay it back. But like, what is the IRS going to say to that person? Well, yeah. I mean, and wash sales are a good
2: example. But like in crypto in general, what they have said is, hey, it's taxable. Report your trades. You know, they haven't they haven't specified whether to be treated like security, whatever. But they've said, pay your crypto taxes. Um, and so, yeah, you definitely have to report them. But yeah. And to that point, I think that if you have a strong argument for something, there's a reasonable case to be made for many things. And like, here's another example of what was kind of a myth, but a lot of people in crypto um, supported. And that's like-kind exchanges in 2017. So like-kind exchanges, like if you traded crypto to crypto, supposedly you could delay re- recognizing the gain. But you had to report every trade as a like-kind exchange. And like-kind exchanges are made for people who own homes. Let's say you own a home in San Diego, you move to San Francisco, you sell your home in San Diego, and you have a big gain. If you use that money to buy a home in San Francisco, within 180 days, you can defer the gain. You can roll your gain into a like-kind asset, as in an asset that's very similar. Uh And so, yeah, people are using that for crypto, which is, it's debatable if that will fly. But, you know, at the very least, if you're trying to do that, and then in 2017, you should specify to the IRS, hey, I'm not sure if this, is, if this is cool, but please take a look. And you can file basically a form that says, hey, I want to point this out to you so you can, I'm not trying to sneak it by, I'm just trying to show you, hey, um, I'm trying to do a like-kind exchange. I think that it's reasonable for these reasons, but please take a look.
0: So... Okay, question for you because I was a part of a real estate investment with my family and we sold the house. So, say mm-hmm. you are, let's talk about. I've never, this actually just came up in my head. Has anyone mentioned inheriting crypto? If someone wants to put it in a will and you inherit crypto, is that taxable?
2: Yeah, yeah great question. So, when you inherit something, basically you inherit it at the market value. So, yeah, that is kind of the amazing situation for people who have really appreciated crypto minus the fact that someone has to pass away for you to inherit for someone to inherit it but yes inherited property is stepped up to the market value so basically that's the whole point of why people try to defer taxes as long as possible one of the reasons and that's because you know when you're when you pass away and your estate goes to your kids they don't have to pay taxes on those gains it really is a free lunch type of situation interesting um,
0: yeah, that's that's what I'm getting at because that's what I learned is that it was a free lunch situation for m- me, my brother, and a couple of cousins. Yeah. Uh, we got to share on that. But that's my yeah. question. If I said, "Hey, in my will, I'm leaving," say hypothetically, in twenty years, Bitcoin's worth a lot of money, and I'm like, "Hey, my kids are going to get all my Bitcoin. It's not me trading it to them or sending it to them. They're literally just inheriting it, so they don't have to pay tax on it." is what you're telling me.
2: Exactly. If they inherit it. And, and, you know, this is all part of the personal finance understanding of taxes is, you know, trading all the time, getting short-term capital gains. That's not good. Short-term capital gains are taxed way higher than long-term capital gains. But to your point, buying crypto, holding it responsibly as part of a, you know, a retirement portfolio where it's a slice of everything you hold, that's exactly what you should be doing. And that's what you should be doing with all your assets you know the the wealthiest one percent or point one percent whatever they never sell anything they never pay those friction costs on paying gains on their assets they hold everything forever and then it gets inherited by their families and that's part of the reason why inequality and I'm not saying I necessarily think this is good or bad um, in fact I I'm in favor of a bigger estate tax yeah
1: that's that's a that's that, a big um, old can of worms there <laughs>
2: yeah it's just understanding what the rules are you know that's yes. the whole thing about. Accounting in general, like it's so complicated it's such a fascinating puzzle, but it's a little it's a little sad that it benefits um, you know the wealthiest people because it's so complicated we're trying to teach people all the rules so that hey we can all benefit as much if not equally at least you know know what you can benefit on and and try to try to get ahead for your own life
1: so I, I have a question um, yeah. sometimes I treat my crypto as money as that's that's currency and sometimes it's kind of like a stock i'm investing in a project because i believe in the project what you know is is there a different taxable uh, situations for when you're trading currency and you're and when you're trading uh securities or, or or stocks or anything like that and how do i prove that kind of situation yeah great
2: question and you don't have to prove it because they're treated exactly the same. Okay. They're cool. both contra- they're both treated as a disposal. So what you bought doesn't really matter. It's that you sold it to do something.
1: Got it. Got it. For now.
2: And, you know, yeah. that's the whole thing. Like we, you know, I wrote an article that was on CoinDesk last year on tax day, kind of like a capstone to tax series. And it was sort of an open letter to the IRS of here are some common sense treatments for crypto, because absolutely, I believe that should be treated differently. If you bought bitcoin and you're using it to buy coffee or whatever why you know to me that shouldn't be reported and need to be reported in the same way as if you're investing it into another crypto project or you know selling it for dollars but you know still the irs hasn't said anything so until we have better information we're gonna just go with what we know which is hey report everything and our software makes it super easy like you upload your data and you say oh yeah these were spends Everything from this wallet, I use it to spend crypto. And the system does everything automatically, runs the calculations. You just download one form and import it into TurboTax, give it to your CPA, or we can handle it for you. So we try to take all that mess out of it. You don't have to actually do the calculations, know what kind of method, know what kind of date range. That's what's, what makes it so hard to use the platforms that were out there before. You know That's why we decided to build token taxes. You basically need to be a C, an Excel wizard and a CPA to really get it right, and so we just wanted to make a much simpler product and kind of do the checking for you in the background. But it's questions like this that you wouldn't have to worry about with that. But yeah, if you're trying to track that and split it, and in the future, if the IRS does say treat spend differently than investing, we'll be ready to make the changes in the code. And I, I sincerely hope they do.
1: Out of curiosity, before I, before because <laughs> I'm, uh, it's already getting to my brain. Um, if I were to invest in Forex and I make gains on Forex, is that the same as making gains in the stock market? Or are those two complete, completely trade, uh, treated differently as well that you're aware yeah, of? Yeah,
2: it is still. Yeah, if your gains in Forex are also the same. There's just a de minimis exclusion of under $200. Long story short, like if you go on a family trip to Europe and you buy some euros and you have leftover euros, you come back, you have a small gain, it's that exclusion. That's why they have an exclusion for Forex gains Got it. Um, okay. and basically they don't like in 2014 my understanding is the irs said hey crypto is not like that because otherwise people would just sell all of their crypto in under 200 chunks and kind of like use that as a loophole to get around taxes yeah. and so basically to say hey we don't want people exploiting that loophole this is my take on it um every single sale has to be declared there is no de minimis exclusion like there is for forex but yeah, like if you're a Forex trader, it's the same as stocks, it's the same as crypto. Your gains need to be reported.
1: Okay. That's fair, yeah. yeah, fair enough. It's, it's just I was like – I was like um, – I, I was only concerned. Yeah, it's like a mind-bending it question though. Yeah, because if it was Forex and it was treated and I, I, I'm i getting text, taxed less versus stock, then I'm like, well, no, this is actually – because I'm using it as money. I'm using it as exchange this kind of situation. So I guess if there's no difference, exactly. that works out. I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> that's fine. So, uh, yeah, fair is fair. Zach, I have a
0: general question. It's not necessarily um, towards crypto. Uh, we're in a millennial time and crypto is considered a millennial money. How do you, what's your perspective, the millennial perspective of taxes? Are they educated on taxes or do you think they're not? Because I feel like a lot of people in crypto are like, I don't know anything about this tax thing. So, what is your perspective on the millennial, like, like, Tax, I don't know how to even describe it. Like, what are they like? Are they educated? (laughs) Uh,
2: I mean, honestly, you know, from my years in teaching and just being a go to, even for people who have MBAs from top business schools, just we're devastatingly uneducated on taxes and personal finance in general. You know, people are starting to get smarter about using the right credit card. Like, but when you look at the statistics of the percentage of people, millennials who are carrying a credit card balance and or who are filing their taxes a certain way, you just know that if people are carrying a credit card balance and paying twenty percent interest, they just can't know that much about personal finance or about taxes, you know, let alone taxes, which are way more complicated than just general personal finance. And it's really disappointing, and it's exactly what you said at the beginning. Why don't we teach this in schools? It's yeah. just absolutely... I mean, it's almost criminal. When, when I put on my tinfoil hat sometimes, it's almost like, is the system working as it should? Because, you know, 50%, 60% of the population have zero dollars in savings at all. And, you know, two weeks without a paycheck during the during the government shutdown. And people were just on Twitter like, oh, I'm selling my bike to pay my rent. I'm selling my video games. I'm selling all my stuff. And people yeah. just have no savings. Like, I hate to see that level of panic. And the the shutdown was so crazy anyway. But, mm-hmm. you know it really exposed the fact that people have no idea what they're doing as far as savings. So, and taxes is like a whole nother level above that. So I would say, yeah, it's <laughs> not surprising, but people are just woefully uneducated sadly. And Hey, hopefully we'll be able to change that with more podcasts, more webinars, more content.
1: Yeah, Cause it absolutely. pays for
2: itself so many times over just being good at taxes. It's like, it's just, it's like add 10% to your salary every year, you know?
1: That's that's just amazing. An yeah, I'm right there with you on the tinfoil hat because I'm like, mm, every time I, the more and more I learn, yeah. I learn about money in general. Just period, how the how every government not just not just the U.S. but all governments all uh, have treated money and, and and taxes and and versus how much money people make and who's getting taxed more and yada. yada I'm just like something wasn't right from the get go and somebody knew what they were doing kind of situation. But I just yeah. can't, have no proof on that. <laughs> Exactly.
2: Yeah. I mean, if we all had a million dollars in the bank, I mean, how, how many people would leave their job? Probably a lot of people would stay. But when you look at that as the logical other end of the other end of the spectrum, you realize maybe there are people with an interest in making sure that um, we aren't all super personal finance savvy or tax savvy. But, you know, I have a decent anecdote. If you have, we have a minute, like the UK filing deadline just ended and it was January 31st. So we, we have a product in the UK, it's different, it's average cost accounting, and there are other rules. But basically, very few people over there even have to file a tax return. Because if you just work for a company, your company files your tax return for you, you don't have to do any work. And then if you have capital gains, let's say you made 1000 5000, you still don't have to file until you basically make over fifteen, sixteen thousand $16,000. And then, you know, it's just a much better system, in my opinion, because so few people actually have to file. So it's just self-employed people and then people who have a big amount of capital gains every year. And to me, that's just way more reasonable because so much of the tax business right now is is like people who have such a simple tax return, but they're paying 50 bucks, 100 bucks. Then they pay a company that gives them a payday loan on their refund. So, hey, you got a $4,000 refund here. We'll give you 3,500 of it today instead of having to wait two weeks and wow, they just made, you know, 14% interest in two weeks or whatever. Just, it's disappointing. But you know, the UK I think is really a model that we could look toward as far as simplifying tax return process and just taking a lot of stress out of people's life. Life is hard enough here. So
1: yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. There's a show called Adam ruins everything. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, I love that show, but, uh, and they kind of talk about that a little bit too. Um, we, uh, that's the thing that's the one thing I think Trump wanted to actually kind of do make it a, one small piece of paper for you to fill out for your taxes but I mean, it never went through. Uh,
2: and and does it seem any less complicated to anyone? Uh, you no. know, no CPAs I've talked to think it I mean, now they got rid of casualty loss deductions for example, like this is a huge thing for crypto. So the way our tax cuts are, if you cut taxes on, you know, to lower the corporate tax rate from 35% to 21% It all has to balance out over 10 years or something like that. So to to balance that out, what they did is got rid of a few things like casualty losses for individuals. But what that means is if you're just a regular crypto investor and you're trading Bitcoin, you you sold your Bitcoin, you made a bunch of money, and you moved it to some wallet, if you lose access to that wallet or if you get hacked or get it stolen, you're not allowed to offset that loss. You can't claim it as a deduction anymore like you used to in 2017. So a lot of people don't realize this, like if you're in crypto and you have a lot of crypto, you're, you're majorly exposed unless you know there are things you could do like file an LLC, create an LLC for your trading, and then if something bad happens, you elect to be taxed as a C Corp. But it's like they're making it more complicated just to protect people on really basic things. Um, you know, and they definitely didn't simplify the tax code, as far as I can see.
1: Yeah. Well, Zach, you're hired for me. So, <laughs> there
0: you
2: go. <laughs> awesome.
1: Uh, so Thank Z- you.
0: Zach, uh, super informative. But I have uh just a couple more questions before we let you go, and Please. it's more about
1: kind forward based the f- on the lo- along the lines of what we were talking about right now. Yeah.
0: Like, what is the future for crypto and taxes hold? Uh, like, what are you hoping for?
1: Yeah.
2: I think you know you see some junior legislators legislators proposing. Crypto tax solutions that are kind of like, you know, in a similar vein to what um, I wrote on the Coindesk article last April. But basically, it's like, hey, let's have sensible taxation. If you transfer your crypto to an exchange like Binance, for example, that doesn't have a US dollar on ramp and you just trade crypto to crypto, well, why don't we wait till you withdraw your money from there and can actually use it to tax you on it? Things like that. Um, but more so just the simplifying it and saying, look, if you're using it as a currency and it's provable, maybe that shouldn't be taxed. And just there, there are a lot of common sense applications that that could be made. And you know, no one knows if you're getting airdrops or if you're getting inflation tokens, how should that be treated? You know, all these startups in the space are are kind of figuring out, or there's staking, like if you have Tezos. There's a new company called Eon. You give them your Tezos and you get 15% interest, whatever. They take a small fee on it, but is or 15% return for the staking. How is that going to be taxed? So I think just a comprehensive 20-page, 10-page document that they write up that says, hey, this is how everything should be taxed just as a first source of truth would be enormously helpful because right now it's kind of like we work with clients who all use each of the big four. We're trying to cross-pollinate ideas like, oh, you have a SAFT, you have this future token that you've purchased in 2018, but you haven't received the token yet and you may never receive it. They may cancel it or you may get it in 2019 or 2020. How should that be treated? But really, we all need to be treating that the same way, but there isn't a great way to get that information out into the into the system without the IRS's leadership so I think the future is maybe someone like you know AOC or a Congress person report you know presents something that goes viral and it's kind of like hey this is our first chance at a standard taxation set of, of rules and then the IRS adopts most of them or whatever um, but I really do think it should be treated as a new asset class because securities are different stocks are different you're not trading crypto to crypto. So it's totally different if you have to buy all your altcoins with Bitcoin and Ethereum than with stocks where everything you buy is with dollars. And for that reason, you know, wash sales are another special example. What if your wash sales in Ethereum and you didn't do it on purpose to save taxes? You just accidentally did it while you're, you know, buying different altcoins, things like that. So um, I just hope for a lot more clarification. I'm shocked that we haven't gotten anything. I know the government got shut down and the IRS budget keeps getting keeps getting slashed. So I wish they would reach out to industry and, and ask us for help because we're here to try to make this easier on everyone. You know, No one's trying to like, play games with the IRS. We just want to get some sensible rules written. And I think it's going to come this year, hopefully by the end of the year. Maybe not by April 15th, unfortunately,
0: though. Yeah, no. But probably no, after no, October.
1: There's nothing going to happen by April. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm super surprised as well. I've been, I've been in crypto a long time. Uh, and way back till 2012, and I'm surprised that it's been still, we're still talking about, we haven't, you know, figured, they haven't really figured it out yet. But I mean, I don't blame them. I mean, it's hard to tell. Even the SEC is, is you know, figuring it out as well. Um, but at least it sounds like you guys are super well educated on what, what, and I like how you said the common sense, like thinking, what what makes sense? What's the common sense here? How do we tax this? And how do we protect ourselves in case... You know, in the future, might come back at us. Um, yeah. So I really, I really can tell you guys are well, are vast and well educated. Yeah.
1: yeah. And one quick question before before we start to wrap things up a little bit is, um, let's say they finally do something. The government actually lays down rules, but they were different compared to what you had filed them before. What sh- I mean, do should we prepare ourselves for that? And what should we hold on to in terms of information in case something like that happens?
2: I mean, unfortunately, yeah. So hold on to everything. Every, hold on to everything you file as taxes anyway. Just keep a special folder with a password or whatever on your computer. But definitely keep everything you ever submit to the IRS. And you know, on our end, on our system, we're kind of ready. We're like, hey, if they come back and say all airdrops have to be taxed this way or all forks, we're we're ready. We have a team of ten here in New York City, half engineers, ready to change the code ASAP. You know, the the UK released new rules two weeks before the filing deadline or or three weeks before the filing deadline. And we were ready to jump on it, but yeah, we're ready for them to say, Oh, you always need to do this, or you always need to do that. And we'll be, we'll have, you know, our customers tax forms who were with us in 2017 or all their previous tax years, ready to give them the new 8949 amend their return. We're kind of, we're ready to flip that switch if it ever happens. And I hope they come out and say, look, there's amnesty on people that did their best faith effort in the past. You know, one thing that I'm not sure of is like kind exchange because it's it's somewhat aggressive and sure the IRS could come back. We had very few customers who filed with like kind because I just wasn't, we just weren't sure if it really was going to fly. So we said, look, here's all the information you can file for yourself and make your own decision. But just understand it might not be allowed. But if the IRS does say, oh, like kind didn't work, we're ready to flip the switch and help them amend their return the next day. You know, we have that all off the shelf. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, we don't have to actually put that into place, but we're ready.
1: Cool. Do you think like, I I think it sounds like you guys are playing it more safe than sorry right now. So, um, is there a possibility that, that it would actually benefit them and maybe some people would getting, get more money in return? Or do you think it'll still be like, you have to pay more?
2: Totally. Yeah. It could depend on, you know, maybe they'll say, Hey, like kind exchange was totally fine. And then you know maybe people can amend based on that, and you know it could be a positive. It could be like, hey, treat all securities rules apply, and it could be something positive like that. Um, but basically, just having some guidance. And in general, our principles are and similar to what the IRS wants. I think are being be conservative, but especially also be consistent. So. To us, when you have this Bitcoin cash fork, for example, it's really hard. So, yeah, you could do it as income in August. A lot of people, most of our customers had their Bitcoin on Coinbase. They didn't get it till December, so that's weird. So you're kind of faced with a choice. Do you count it as income in August? In which case, to be consistent, you need to do all the forks that you've gotten and count them as income. And most people don't realize they got Bitcoin gold, Bitcoin dot da- Bitcoin, diamond, all these other things. So consistency for us is more like treat it as a zero-cost basis, and when you sell it, then just pay the full capital gain. Um, And so we just try to go with that, like be conservative, but be consistent. Don't overpay your taxes, but also don't do... Some people are like, you know, they, they keep hoping things... That just seem there's no way they'd be true. Like if you trade on margin, since you actually didn't take possession of the asset, there's no taxes. Like no, that's definitely not true. Huh. You're actually just shorting assets. <laughs> okay. So you know,
0: we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Well, Zach, uh, thank. I, we really appreciate all the information today. I think it's going to help a lot of our, our listeners because we haven't been able to touch the subject. So we're great grateful you could come on and kind of shed light on the whole tax crypto uh, yes. situation. But just for people that might know where to find you guys, where are you guys on your social media, your handles, your website? If you could share that with us, that'd be great. Yeah, we
2: have, you know, Telegram, Twitter, Facebook, at um, Token Tax. And then, so just two words, but together. And then... You know, you can always find us at tokentax.co, um, tokentax.co, and then in the bottom right, there's a little chat on Intercom. And my team and I basically monitor that 24 seven. We're there to answer any crypto tax questions you have. Just happy to help the community and sort of put your mind at ease you know, please come talk to us about whatever your specific situation. I mean, it's impossible to cover all the different contingencies in a 50 hour podcast, let alone an hour. But we're, we're here to just answer your questions on a one on one and come earlier rather than later because we're only going to get busier every week. But, you know, come talk to CPAs and, and get your questions answered. Crypto tax specialists.
0: Yeah, Daniel, that was great, and I'm so excited we finally got some kind of tax relevant episode out to our fans because it's something that's very important and that everyone talks about. Yeah, it's
1: not flashy, but it's important.
0: It's, it's absolutely not important. flashy, but it's been a big topic in the back of crypto traders' minds for a long. Seriously, time, it since, has yeah.
1: Um. So, and actually, off air for those of you who didn't, uh, because he was uh, talking about and I ha- he was talking about some things that I had a question for him, and um, it was I didn't I don't have a lot of Crypto. I didn't trade a lot of crypto. I didn't sell a lot of crypto. It was only like a few hundred dollars worth here and there. And he's highly recommended that no matter what you did, if it's no matter how small or how big, uh, to definitely file, have it have it uh have it on record. Um, probably in addition to the to your regular taxes. So uh, that's also kind of kind of an important point.
0: Yeah, and uh, there were some questions in there that I actually asked because we were in the midst of it. And I think the one question I was really interested in was the inheritance thing. And I, I think that just came... It was interesting because I had experienced a situation be- with uh, real estate and inheriting real estate. Yeah. And what's what I'm getting clearer understanding is how crypto is being treated like real estate more... Like That's how you have to look at it. Like the likeness trade, Zach explained that's a that's a real estate thing when you're when you're selling your house and buying a it's house. It's an asset thing. It's an asset thing. The likeness. I don't thing. know if it I
1: don't know if it ex- if it extends to how many different assets, but
0: but definitely houses. But it's interesting how we're treating or how we're like he said, trying to get ahead of the game because the IRS hasn't come out. I love what he was saying and how he described those things. And for me, someone that's not very tax savvy, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm yeah. not. I suck at math. Thank you for admitting that. Well, and it I'm, takes a lot of balls to do that. <laughs> I'm the guy that hires someone to help me do taxes.
1: I I'm very rarely know anybody who does it on their own. I mean, I do it on my own, on my own through TurboTax, but like, um, I'm actually, trusting them a lot. My one, <laughs> uh,
0: my my roommate does his own taxes, and I'm impressed Smart every man. year. Forget I, it. Um, that's going happen for me. Yeah, it's not gonna have, But <laughs> what I'm saying is, is like, it was also questions about. What do the millennials think of? Like, how are they? What's his perspective of millennials? And uh, well,
1: I like how he said it wasn't just a millennial yeah. situation. It was everybody.
0: I mean, it is everybody. Heart- I
1: I believe. I believe that if anything, the younger you are, the more you know. Kind of now. But I mean, I'm just
0: throwing out that 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 word "millennial" has been being tossed around like crazy lately. But it's true. There's there's so many differences to this like genre, and and crypto is a millennial thing right now. 2017 brought crypto into the millennial age, because I've been in crypto, I didn't think of crypto as a millennial money back in 2012. So I've never a, heard of anybody talk to refer to it that way, to be honest. Really? Yep. Oh, well, I think it's, it, it has been referred to as a millennial money.
1: Probably. Yeah. I, I've never heard of it that, really? that referred that way. But
0: you don't see what I'm, I'm getting at? Like, no, I at do. At least I in 2012? S- here,
1: so here's how I feel about young people today versus versus when I was younger. I believe that the kids younger than me are more educated than I ever was about everything and it's not their fault it is I'm sorry not their fault it's not like it's an awful thing but the reason why they know this stuff is because of awful things that have happened to them in their generation and I'm getting a a kind of a beginning end of that because I'm I'm just within that range that um I remember how things were done prior to internet and how things are done during the internet I grew up on the internet as much as I grew up off of the internet if that makes sense and so uh I um I understand their pain. There's a lot of pain that they're going through that that nobody else has, and I don't know if it's because their their lives are now more public than any generation before them. They're growing up having profiles, at, at, at like the age of four, five, six. Seven, you know, profiles on something, some sort of uh, some some sort of um. Uh, website, some sort of uh, app. They have their own, and they are understanding how to post it publicly so people can see it. And, and it, they're going to have a very, very different life than anybody else. And and we're, True. again, we're a part of that. So um, if they don't know something, I'm going to say it definitely is not their fault. And if we didn't know something, if we didn't know something, how the hell are they supposed to know? Okay. So it's,
0: All I could say is that I think Zach kind of like open up some boxes and i hope you open some boxes in your head about thinking about taxes and crypto a little bit more seriously just to look ahead yeah. yes the irs has not uh, made things on paper like yes, very clear very clear but he's just saying protect yourself it's the common sense factor that i like to use that it's common sense kind of you're just like let's just treat it and and make sure that we take care of it in case you know, and just showing the IRS that you're kind of you're you're at least trying, right? Yeah. Until they figure it out, uh, <laughs> and, and when they do figure tell. it out, their uh, token tax is there for you. <laughs> yeah, and check check out their website, uh, token tax. Dot Dot CO. And of course, check out the coin boys at thecoinboys.com. Uh give us a call, leave a question at our voicemail at 424-372-7437. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Coinboys Podcast. We're on IG at the Coinboys Podcast. Uh the same name. Uh, and of course, uh I'm producer by the way on Twitter. I'm at gutierrez 84 And uh we are the coin boys. We'll see you next week. Peace.